the planet is heating up and fast really fast the glaciers are melting forests are getting burned sea level is rising pollution is increasing humans with its creation have done a lot of damage to nature but nature itself is its solution i am rohan thakar and welcome to being the change a podcast where people passionate about their cause share their insights and experiences on what it takes to be the change today i am speaking with andrew hines he is the co-founder of clean max solar and is taking care of the business development in south india and is the country director for clean max thailand he along with his two co-founders kuldeep jain and sushant arora started clean max 10 years ago and introduced solutions for solar power production and powering sustainability to corporates today they have more than 470 projects completed with 130 plus clients and more than 575 megawatt peak operating capacity that's humongous they have helped achieve sustainability to universities malls and large scale enterprises let's hear from andrew how they are doing it and why is it that every corporate must consider solar as one of the alternatives for powering their workplaces andrew welcome to the show thanks for having us nice to be here it's so great to have you and uh, this is a conversation which i wanted to have for a long time about uh, people's perspective on renewable energy and how can it be sustainable and of course people use it in their daily lives be it uh, corporates or be it uh, a consumer so before we get into it uh, i wanted to know how did you start cleanmax and what were its origin what were you doing before that so we started cleanmax in 2011 so nearly 10 years ago mm-hmm. um there were three of us who started the company uh, kuldeep sushant and myself we had each come from slightly different backgrounds kuldeep mm-hmm. was earlier with kinsey and company uh, mm-hmm. in mumbai I had worked in the wind and solar industries earlier in India as well as in the US. Okay. Uh and Sushant had worked in the green building uh space before we started the company. And the three of us um when we started the company, really the premise on which we started the company was that the corporate segment which all three of us had worked with uh extensively in the past Right. uh that corporates were very uh genuinely interested to make themselves more sustainable in their operations right uh but that at that time they were really struggling to do so not because of a lack of uh motivation or sincerity but mm. because the options which they had available at that time uh presented various obstacles or risks to adoption and okay. so what we wanted to do as a company was to come up with solutions um which would work for corporate customers in mm-hmm. achieving their sustainability goals but also doing so in in a way um you know which would save them cost uh and which uh, presented minimal risk to them as well right. so do solutions which are easy for them to adopt so what risks were there can you uh, elaborate on that sure so a lot of i mean a key risk which we identified at that time is that for a large company which was looking to uh make a change in its operations for example by adopt by adopting renewable energy um mm-hmm. if they had to actually invest in the asset themselves uh okay. as a capex uh purchase then mm-hmm. you know investment comes with risks so when you invest in a new technology you take on the risks of that technology so the risk of that uh technology performing as it's supposed to the risk of it not living as long as it's supposed to uh of it creating other operational issues for you and so on 
Um, and so the key innovation which we brought to the rooftop solar business at that time in India was that we approached corporate customers and, and said that instead of buying the asset and investing mm. in the asset yourselves, we'll come in and, uh, and, and invest in the asset. You just agree to buy the power uh, from the rooftop solar okay. plant. So then we were taking away the risk of investment uh, from the customers and taking it on uh, ourselves. And then mm -hmm. we could go to the customers instead of saying, why don't you, um, you know, put a new, invest in a new technology to generate power. We were instead saying, we'll take the risks of uh, that technology. You just agree to buy the power and it's cleaner power and it's also cheaper power. So, you know, the, mm -hmm. in that sense, it becomes a, a no brainer for them. So basically you set up your own power plant for them. Yes, exactly. At their facility. Yeah. But it okay. was, uh, yeah. Okay. And how are you enabling these industries achieve sustainability now? So fast forward today, what are some of the things that you have noticed that people are accepting to it? So there's been a big shift uh, in the last nine years. At the time when we were um, introducing the rooftop solar concept to our clients, uh, mm. firstly, the technology was was quite unfamiliar. I wouldn't say that it was new, but it was unfamiliar to most large companies. Um, mm -hmm. And the costs were still prohibitive. So we were dependent on government subsidies to make the project viable. Um, mm. And that meant that, the, you know, the scale of those projects, which we set up early on, uh, was quite small. Mm. Um, another shift which has happened, I think, is that uh, among corporate clients, renewable energy in the last nine years has really moved from the fringes to the mainstream. Uh, so at that time, I think when we approached customers, rooftop solar was a very novel idea for them. Whereas today, it's actually a very uh, mainstream idea. And we're seeing large corporates uh, from around the world becoming more and more comfortable and more and more aggressive actually in, uh, you know, in their own renewable energy sourcing goals. Mm. So we've mm. seen a huge shift uh, in ambitions and in uh, awareness of our uh, target customers towards right. renewable energy. Right. I can see a lot of solutions coming in globally on this front. I also did notice that uh, you have significantly reduced the amount of electricity that, that has been consumed in mass places like uh, the Viviana Mall or uh, uh, IIT, BHU. So it's re really novel now. What is their experiences working with you? Again, our, our the, the priority which we have as a service provider is to mm -hmm. make the solution very uh, simple and easy to adopt. So mm -hmm. one part of that is the financial part, which I mentioned that we're de-risking the solution for the customer. But of yes. course, it's also important for us to do it in a way which is operationally simple. So they shouldn't see any disruption to uh, what they're doing inside the facility, whether mm -hmm. it's a mall or a commercial building or a factory or a data center, what have you. Um, mm. and so, uh, we've really strived to ensure that the experience for our customers is very smooth, uh, that they notice the solar power, uh, which, which they're consuming only at the end of the month when they notice their electricity bill, uh, being lower than it used to be, and that it's not getting in the way of their day-to-day -day operations. It's really an invisible, uh, experience mm. for them. So, um, so I think, um, that's something which we worked very hard to deliver. And I hope that, that our clients would also agree that. Mm. Um, that, that things have gone very smoothly from a, an operational standpoint as well. Right, right. How do you compare a coal power system with a solar powered rooftop, which a lot have installed now in terms of infrastructure, in terms of uh, maintenance, in terms of uh, the cost that is there now? Sure, sure. So, and I, you know, when we started again in 2011, I think the big differentiation which we were making was in terms of uh, pollution, right? Whether it's carbon yes. pollution or air pollution and so on. 
Um, but increasingly, of course, that's how, that's remains as a as a very important factor uh, for any uh, anyone consuming power is what are the environmental impacts of the of the power generation. But at the same yes. time, what's also happened in the last ten years or so is that uh, solar power has gotten cheaper and cheaper. Uh, and the same is not true of coal power. Uh, if anything, it's become more expensive. So mm. what we're seeing actually around the world is a big shift away from coal power generation. Yes. Um, because uh, renewable energy, solar as well as wind and other forms of renewables um, have become steadily uh, cheaper. Uh, the costs mm. are getting driven down further and further. Um, yes. Getting closer to coal power and actually now surpassing coal power. So now we're in a situation where actually a lot of global, large global investors um, and uh, lenders and insurers are actually not interested to get into uh, or not willing to get into a new construction of a new coal power plant because uh, they're concerned about the financial viability of those projects. So mm-hmm. today, um, solar as well as wind projects in much of the world um, are only, not only competitive with coal, power generation they're actually significantly cheaper and that's obviously been a very important factor in the growth of the of the solar industry in, in india and around the world as well right so in india how do you see that shift taking place in terms of uh, the government approach and the companies factories adopting to it are they right. are they taking it uh, in a positive way is the transition fast what is that uh, the government is doing right now for that so I think there has always been a fairly broad support for renewable energy in India. Mm. Uh, what we've seen is that the individual consumers, particularly the commercial and industrial consumers of power, have really enthusiastically embraced uh, renewable energy, whether it's rooftop solar power or open access power uh, or mm. what have you. They've gotten more and more comfortable with the idea and they're very uh, happy to get into long-term power purchase agreements where they're buying power at a lower cost and mm. reducing their environmental footprint at the same time. Um, mm. On the government side, I think, yes, we have seen, I think India to its credit many years ago, uh, introduced very ambitious targets uh, for building of uh, renewable energy capacity and particularly solar power capacity uh, mm-hmm. at a time when I think those, those goals were considered to be not only ambitious, but actually unrealistic. But now, uh, you know, have actually, uh, you know, we've made a lot of progress towards those goals. At the same time, of course, I think it's uh, it's fairly simple for an individual power consumer to uh, get into a contract, you know, to buy solar power. Um, mm-hmm. The policy um, environment is much more complex. There are a lot of different players uh, within the government system, uh, okay. from central government, state government, regulators, uh, public sector companies like utilities. Uh, and power generation companies and so on. There are a lot more actors. And of course, you know, making decisions is not uh, quite so simple. Um, But in general, um, India has a lot to gain uh, from introduction of renewable energy into the country, whether it's from uh, abating carbon emissions, reducing air pollution, reducing the cost of power, reducing uh, oil imports uh, and petroleum imports. So um, India stands to gain a lot. And I think that's why also we've seen a good degree of support uh, from policymakers. Of course, it takes time for those for those shifts to take place. Of course, of course. And uh, looking at the geography of India, it has a good amount of sunlight which can mm-hmm. be tapped to create power. Now, talking about the industries, what steps can they take to adopt to a solar system right now? Sure. So I think the good, uh, good thing in India is that regardless of where you're located in the country, um, mm. 
the economics of solar power today should be quite favorable. The specific solution which is available in that location might vary uh, depending on which state you're in and what type of facility it is. Um, mm -hmm. So most of the clients we work with actually have multiple facilities around India, um, many of them also around the world as well. Um, and so typically what we do when our clients uh, approach us or we approach them is to mm -hmm. take a comprehensive look across their facilities um, mm -hmm. and explore what is the right uh, solution or a combination of solutions for them for each of their plants. Mm -hmm. So one option is to do uh, is to install a solar power plant on site, mm -hmm. uh, which may be on the rooftop of a factory, for example, or sometimes it may actually be on the ground, but within the premises of the factory in case uh, for whatever reason, there's there's extra land available. Mm -hmm. um, and installing solar on site has certain benefits. For one thing, you don't have to touch the grid uh, infrastructure. And therefore, you don't have to pay for uh, wheeling and transmission charges to the grid. And it's quite simple mm -hmm. uh, from a government approval standpoint. The constraint when it comes to on-site solar power generation is that uh, eventually you run out of roof space or land area. And mm -hmm. typically for an industrial or commercial consumer, there's more power consumption uh, than they're able to generate on-site. Uh, on and so that's where open access solutions come in as well. Because if we're wheeling power from a remote location uh, to a particular building, then there's no limit uh, technically to the amount of power which you can consume. So we can okay. actually move our customers uh, close to 100% of their power requirement um, from renewable energy. And that's wow. uh, really the advantage of, uh, of open access power or, or uh, wheeled power. Um, and that's something which uh, regulations in many states in India uh, today allow. Uh, there are some, still some states where it's not permitted. Um, but that's why we find that uh, for our clients, it's useful to, to look at a, their footprint across India um, mm -hmm. and, and even in other countries as well and see what uh, perhaps we can do rooftop in, in some locations, open access in others. And for some sites, maybe even a combination of the two. Mm -hmm. So how does the open access model work? So open access uh, as a concept was introduced in 2003 with the Electricity Act uh, mm -hmm. in India, um, which gave the right to individual large consumers um, to buy power from any generator they want. Uh, okay. Prior to that time, they were obligated to buy power only from the utility, from the distribution company. Um, mm -hmm. But in 2003, uh, the government of India um, uh, established the right of any consumer who has a, a demand of more than one megawatt uh, to buy from an from a private generator. Um, okay. Now, at that time in 2003, renewable energy was very nascent in, in India, um, yes. but that regulation has been in, very important in allowing uh, individual consumers to also buy renewable energy. Um, and so for any individual consumer who's... Uh, size is above that one megawatt threshold, they can then get into a long-term contract with, uh, with CleanMax or with any other uh, developer to supply power to them through the grid. And then what happens is, we, you know, we, for example, uh, I'm sitting in Bangalore, um, mm -hmm. we have a number of solar farms uh, across the state, and we can wheel power from those solar farms through the grid to, okay. for example, a data center in Bangalore. Mm -hmm. um, and we then just have to pay the transmission company for use of the transmission infrastructure. Uh, but, but effectively, the power is getting injected mm -hmm. into the grid in one location. Mm -hmm. 
uh, drawn from the grid uh, by an individual consumer. And that's something which regulations um, in India allow um, anywhere in the country. Um, and so that's quite a popular model for, uh, for large consumers who are eligible for that kind of transaction. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting and it's a very unique way to get people to solar. And uh, of course, uh, the costs that are required is definitely much lesser for, uh, for a consumer. You have traveled the world and uh, you have, you're also taking care of Thailand. What do you see there? How, how is it that the people are adopting? What is missing here right now? Sure. So we, we started exploring markets outside of India a few years ago mm-hmm. uh, within Asia, particularly in the Middle East uh, and Southeast Asia. And so we now have offices in Dubai as well as Bangkok. And what we've seen is the same uh, dynamics which have powered uh, the solar industry in India are also present in um, in in many of the uh, markets in in the rest of the region. Although mm-hmm. many of them are as, at a somewhat earlier stage of uh, development. So, for example, um, if we look in the Middle East, we have a number of projects now which uh, have come up and are under construction in Dubai. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also, uh, as you mentioned, are are present in Thailand and have projects coming up there as well. And so. In each of these countries, what we see is that, again, the economics of solar power uh, are quite favorable. So individual consumers can uh, can save on their electricity cost by by adopting rooftop solar in a power purchase model with us. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we've seen good adoption there. And I think, if anything, the adoption is actually now a little bit faster than it was in India, because globally, there's more familiarity with renewable energy uh, right. than there was, say, when we started in India and mm-hmm. earlier. And we really see that India is kind of a natural hub within the region to be a leader in solar power because the industry in India uh, started earlier than it did in other countries. Uh, It has very competitive costs Mm. in the industry because there's there's enough scale here, not only in in solar projects being installed, but also in a lot of the supply chain. Uh, as well as the engineering activities which are required to to design and, and build and operate a plant. And mm-hmm. so we see a good opportunity to build on our base in India uh, within many of these markets uh, and often with many of the same clients who, after all, uh, operate in India as well as in other countries, whether they're Indian companies, European companies, American companies, Japanese companies, uh, mm-hmm. if them are present in, uh, in a number of geographies. Uh, and are quite eager for us to move into new markets and, and serve their requirements there. Interesting. So with the current models that are there right now, can a company or a, a consumer go 100% renewable or there are some factors which they have to depend on or the open access model is sufficient for that? It's a good question. And we are seeing more and more customers who are keen to move to 100% renewables. Uh, hmm. That's a shift from when we started. I think when we started... The attitude among many companies was that anything you can do is, is, is a good start. Even if you're only generating 5% or 10% of your power, uh, that's better than nothing. It's a good place to start. But now we're seeing a lot of large companies saying that, um, you know, what we've done isn't enough. Uh, we need to set very ambitious goals. Uh, and mm-hmm. for example, making pledges like the RE100 uh, pledge, which many large companies, including several Indian companies, are, are signatories to. And which, which basically uh, require them to pledge to, to move to 100% renewable energy over time. Now, okay. 
whether you can uh, practically achieve that goal of sourcing 100% renewable energy uh, for a particular facility is a bit of a complicated question. Uh, technically, it's possible. Whether it's feasible uh, in terms of economics and in terms of regulation uh, will tend to vary depending on where you are. So mm. different countries have very different rules when it comes to power generation and distribution. And fortunately in India, because we have open access regulations, it does allow you to get to source, I would say, the majority of your power from renewable energy. There does start to be a constraint when it comes to open access solutions. Typically, in most states in India, there's some restrictions on matching the time of generation and the time of consumption of power. So if, okay. for example, you're consuming power uh, throughout the day and the night, let's say, for mm -hmm. example, you're a, a continuous manufacturing process, uh, right. then, but you're sourcing solar power, which is only being generated during the daytime, mm -hmm. um, then there will be some rules uh, which vary from state to state, which say that, look, I'm, you can't generate power only in the day and, and consume it in the night. Um, and so those constraints start to come into the picture. How exactly it plays out in individual cases will depend on a number of factors. And so I think what we've seen in India is that in some states, with the combination of solutions that we offer, we can uh, get quite close to 100%, I would say at least to 80 or mm -hmm. 85%. Uh, mm -hmm. In other states, we may not be able to get much more than 50%. But again, that depends okay. a lot on the regulations which are available as well as on the customer's load pattern. Mm -hmm. uh, like one of the policies that you just mentioned, RE100, where companies have taken a pledge to go 100% renewable. What are some of the policies or some of the initiatives taken by the government uh, are in favor and are actually in implementation right now? So I think at the, at the central level, there are a couple of important initiatives that have been taken. One was one which I mentioned already in 2003 with just the uh, creation of yes. uh, this right of open access power, which is a, a fundamental right. sort of... Mm. Uh, uh, electricity regulation, which is quite important. Yes. Um, another thing which is quite important, which is at the state level, is that individual states have come up with policies which allow uh, solar or wind or other renewable energy projects to be set up mm -hmm. and to be for power to be transmitted to customers. Because even though the open access regulations are there at the state level, if we or any other developer is setting up a large solar power plant, for example, a hundred megawatt uh, solar power plant, which is quite a large investment, then what we need to have is some kind of certainty on um, what charges will be applied on transmission of power over time. Uh, if there's a lot of uncertainty there, then it'll be difficult for us or for our customers to get into a contract, a long-term contract. And mm -hmm. so a number of states have come up with policies which give some kind of long-term certainty um, for the transmission of power through the grid under open access. And those are the states where you've seen a lot of open access transactions come up. Um, mm -hmm. So that's quite a positive thing which we've seen happen in many of the larger industrial states uh, mm -hmm. in India. And, and again, that's a very important regulation. That's nice. Of course, what we have uh, uh, talked about is about large scale manufacturers and consumers. Uh, coming down to individual consumers like you and me, how mm -hmm. can we take uh, take up solar as a source of power to our homes or offices? Right. Yeah. No, good question also. And this is actually a segment of the solar industry which has not taken off in India as much as it has in some other countries where um, where there's a more conducive policy mm. framework for small-scale residential solar installations. So as an individual consumer, 
um, you're not under electric, Indian electricity law. You, you're you're not allowed to um, consume power through open access because you're below mm. the yes. size uh, right. threshold for that. But right. you can, of course, uh, install a rooftop solar plant. Um, mm-hmm. You know, on your roof and connect it to your uh, to your electricity supply. There are really two ways you can do that. One is you can actually have a, a solar installation with a battery, um, which is then disconnected from the grid. Mm-hmm. Uh, because solar power will fluctuate through the day and the battery then allows you to balance out you know, the generation of power and, the, and your demand for power. Mm-hmm. Um, the second option is to have a solar plant on your rooftop, but connected to the grid. Um, and there are regulations in many states which allow you to connect your, your plant, your own rooftop solar plant to the grid so mm-hmm. that when you're generating extra power, you can pump it back to the grid. And when okay. you're not generating enough power, you can pull power from the grid. So in that way, the grid actually uh, acts like a battery for you. Instead of having a battery yourself, you can, you can give and take as and when you need it. Um, both of those options are, uh, are, are there in India. I think the commercials of those two options will, will tend to vary. And I think another important factor for individual customers is just sort of how easy it is to adopt the solution. So if getting a, yes. what's called a net metering approval from the grid is very tedious, then people may not be very interested to do it. Mm. If it's simple, then I think you'd see a lot of potential in that segment. Right. Of course, so people who have their own houses, uh, which is a rare site in metros, uh, mm. of course, they can adapt to it without much difficulty. The challenges are for the huge skyscrapers that we live in. Um, yes. Yeah, and I'm sure people would uh, bring some solutions to reduce the dependency on coal. Going ahead, where do you see? What are your plans with CleanMax, and uh, what are the future plans for India for CleanMax? So we see a lot of potential still in our uh, in our core business and our um, in the in the same vision which we uh, mm-hmm. in which we founded the company uh, almost mm-hmm. ten years ago, which is to continue working with corporate customers on their sustainability objectives. And as we see corporates becoming more and more ambitious in their targets, we see more and more opportunity uh, to serve them. So we see a lot of potential in India in uh, continuing to supply a a larger and larger share of power uh, Mm. through renewables. So for example, we have some earlier clients, but you know, they want to increase the share of renewables, which they're, which they're consuming. We're also seeing that in India, the states which were viable uh, early on in terms of renewable energy, which were typically in West and South uh, mm-hmm. and North India, um, were, were where we started. And I think if you look three or four years ago, most of our installations were in those states. But now we're seeing that even in uh, Eastern India and, and to some extent in Northeast as well, that there, uh, as even though the, the grid electricity prices were a bit lower, in those states and the number of days of sunlight or the solar radiation there was a little mm-hmm. bit less. As mm-hmm. the cost of solar power have come down, more of those markets have also opened up. So again, a lot of the same clients who we were serving in West and South India and North India are now keen to look at options for their plants, say in East India or in, in West Bengal. Uh, so that's one growth opportunity. Um, we're also working on uh, new kinds of solutions to build an, uh, a larger and larger share of renewables for our uh, for our clients. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as I mentioned earlier, um, you know, outside of India with a similar group of, of large corporates who are also working on opportunities, you know, in Southeast Asia as well as the Middle East. That's nice. So on a closing note, what are a few motivating factors that you would like to say for 
mass consumers to take up solar energy or any other form of renewable energy other than of course the cost and uh, uh, the eco-friendly question sure I, see i think for again particularly in india renewable energy really serves uh, a number of furthers a, a lot of uh, related objectives some of them are environmental and some of them are economic mm. uh, so certainly uh, climate change is a uh i think is on uh, everyone's agenda these days and certainly on yes. corporate agendas and india stands to be significantly affected by climate change and i think that's an important motivation mm. but aside from that also air pollution which is particularly important in cities in uh, for example in north india where uh, air mm. pollution is very severe you know that's also a very day to day practical issue you know which is also mitigated uh by shifting yes. from uh fossil fuel generation to to solar power mm. um and uh on the cost side of things i think a very important factor of course for any consumer whether it's a residential consumer commercial consumer uh even for government itself uh cost becomes an important factor and i think the good news there is the the economics of of renewable energy keep getting better and better right and so i think these are some of the uh the primary motivations and i think the other thing which is which is really important to keep in mind for us as a solar power provider and also for policymakers and regulators mm-hmm. is that for consumers the ease of adoption is very important right um so for i mentioned earlier that i think re, you know residential consumers uh will will be much more inclined to adopt uh solar power for their own houses if there's a you know a sort of a minimum of, of red tape uh which they have to go through mm-hmm. for corporate clients also that's uh that's true and and i think companies whether developers like us or or consumers of power what they also tend to look for is long term clarity so they'll tend to be discouraged by the possibility that regulations might change for example if open access is available today but not tomorrow then you know that undermines the whole project um and so that long term certainty is really important for investors uh for lenders and also for uh for companies getting into long term contracts so that's a really important you know factor for yes. for policymakers also to keep in mind and which is to keep the regulations consistent and to give long term clarity to people thank you andrew it was great chatting with you and i'm sure you had fun on this podcast i hope to have you once again thanks ron is a pleasure thank you for tuning in i hope you found this episode valuable and if you have liked it do write in your thoughts in the comment below or you can mail us on bonjour@eplog.media Make sure you subscribe to the podcast Being the Change on your favorite podcast apps we are available everywhere you can hear us on eplog.media our website and also on Jio7 Apple Podcast Google Podcast Cashbox Hubhopper Spotify and many more Stay tuned stay subscribed I'll be back with more such inspirational content that will spark a thought in your minds Till then goodbye